Hey, everybody, it's yours truly, the Iceman, Jamie Dundee, and you're listening to Wolfie D's Live and in Color, because don't diss the man or we'll bum rush your mother. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13, to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more, nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome once again to Live and In Color with Wolfie D. I hope everybody's doing well. I know I'm just sitting here having a cup of coffee this morning, getting started for this episode of Top 10 Tag Teams. Me and Jimmy across the street are going to compete with our list once again. You guys, I, I really would love more feedback on what you guys' lists are. Like we got all these people, thousands of people listening to us, but we got about 10 that want to <laughs> talk to us. What's up with that? I mean, it, I think there's a theory to that is that there are some people that just want to listen. And they don't want to have any involvement. And thank you all for that. And there are some people that want to listen and be involved. And I think that percentage is unfortunately just smaller. But hey, you know, the more the merrier. And not to cut you off, but I have a question for the listeners. If this is something else I could get interactive here would be, where do you listen to this podcast? When you listen to us, are you driving to work? Are you doing what, you know, what are you doing when you're listening to this is my, I'd love to know the answer to that from a lot of you. Yeah, and take a picture. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. But yeah, no, I mean, I just envision things of like people in the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, on the way to work, probably, I would say. A couple that, you know, take us to the toilet. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I think you're exactly right on that. But what I would say to that is also, you know, like people that would say, oh, I listen to you while I'm at work. Well, like what kind of job? Yeah. Would allow a person. <laughs> I mean, I guess, unless you're like a security guard or something. But, you or know. you got or the earbud, man. Right. Nobody yeah. knows if you're on the phone or you're fucking psycho talking to yourself or what. Or you, you're listening to something you ain't gonna be saying much stuff. And do <laughs> you re- do you remember when that was not cool having a Bluetooth? In oh your yeah. Ear? It yeah. was like I still don't think it's real cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, now they got the little thing. I'm I'm guilty about it too. I got the yep. little Apple AirPod deal kicking out my ear there. But you know, it's funny because we used to think like our uncle that wore the fanny packs after they were cool. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I know I know you wrestlers, it's a little it's yeah. a touchy subject, fanny pack. I, yeah. And I, I just got a new one the other day. Uh, I love them. Yeah. I, I'm, see, well, I think you know this about me, that one of my pet peeves, man, talking back to the earpiece, is can't stand people to talk on the phone in public, especially, oh. okay, I can somewhat tolerate the earpiece if you're, you know, being a little bit quiet. But, man, you see these people with the earpiece say, yeah, Jack, I know, man. I, yeah, I, know. I talked to Virginia the other day, and I was going over, you know, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I do not want to hear all that shit. And then on the I other know. If they don't have the earpiece, you got this loud son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. man, go on with that shit, man. Take your or, phone call somewhere else. I'm old school. Yeah, totally. And I don't want to sp- listen to my phone call. That's the other thing. Like, I don't do it because, hell, remember when we was kids, man? You never wanted anyone to hear you on the phone. You would drape the cord under your room if it wouldn't, if you didn't have yes. a, a phone in your room, you drape yes. it under the door, shut the door, and sit in there and hey guys, you know, what's going on? And, and I'm the same way still, I don't whisper, but I don't want people all around me when I'm talking on the phone. I don't see how right. 
that. And right. I've gotten off on a rant here this morning, Jimmy. Hey, hey, it's good. It's it's gets your blood flowing, man. Get you a rant about some stupid people on the cell phone. Anyway, hey, also the the speakerphone people, you know, because I, some people just shouldn't speakerphone in public either because of just what the other person is going to say. In fact, I feel like it's almost disrespectful to the other person. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. Somebody doing that to me, I'm cutting them off. Right. Am I on speakerphone? Hold on now. <laughs> yeah. I'm raking the eyes, man. You're st- I'm stopping you. Yeah, raking the eyes. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. So, well, you know, speaking of cell phones and stuff, I guess people will be getting those for this little holiday they got coming up called Christmas. Mm-hmm. So you got any interesting plans for Christmas, brother? Man, just the normal, man. Have, you know, have some family and get to see my little boy and uh, hopefully... Everybody has a great time, but you know that sometimes the holidays they're stressful as hell, and then you know yeah. you can't wait till it's over. You know, yeah. society in general has changed to where nobody gives a crap about. Honestly, I feel like at Thanksgiving and at and at Christmas, it's not like it was when I was growing up. And yeah. I mean, I've been to different people's families and stuff like that. People basically just show up. Hey, how you doing? Let's talk for just a little bit. Hey, let's eat. Hey, or and if it's Christmas, hey, let's open gifts. Thank you guys. Been great seeing you. See you next year. You yeah. Gizzo his own. <laughs> <laughs> or we got somewhere else to be. We got no, yeah, but yeah, but I'm so just saying the whole like, family shit is not even a thing really anymore. It's just yeah. whose house are we going to to eat and open presents? Yeah, totally. Who are we eating? Pre- I mean, yeah, eating presents. Who are we going to there? They don't know what you get. You could possibly eat your presents. Eat the presents, yeah. I do feel like the person that decided that, because I feel like it was some kind of, you know, maybe 90s couple and their kids that decided, hey, we got to do everybody's in one day. Yeah. And I hate that person because it doesn't give you any quality time. Even if you just want to fall asleep on the couch. Wolfie, we're older gentlemen now. Not to say we're, you know, we're not drawing Medicaid or anything like that. But at the same time, we're older gentlemen. We deserve to be able to fall asleep on a recliner with football on, you know, like we deserve that. And even, man, my little boy, you know, with the internet and all this kind of stuff, you know what we talk about, how they're exposed to all this stuff. Like, I swear to you, man, my little boy uh, said to me, uh, I said something about Santa. He said, Santa's not real. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh man! I said, "What?" He said, "Santa's not real." I said, "Who told you that?" He said, "I yeah. just know. I just know." Yeah. And I, I know that that's why he knows is because of the internet, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And kids talking at school, and yeah. it's it's just the fun's not there. I believed in Santa Claus way past eight, not because I was fucking stupid, but because I wanted to believe in Santa Claus. I enjoyed, you know, the way we did it was open. Uh, uh, family gifts on Christmas Eve night, and then yes. the next morning I got all my Santa shit, which was always the bougie shit. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, so I don't know. It's just not the same anymore. But Merry Christmas, everyone. I'm not a Grinch or a humbug. (laughs) (laughs) We're not Grinches here, but at the same time, you're exactly right. So, hey, y'all tell us what you all like and miss about Christmas. Put that on the socials. Let us know. You know, we'd love to hear. But I think today. What are we here for today, Jimmy? (laughs) Our Christmas gift to them is, uh, you know, 
I wanted to do a show about tag teams, so I think we should call in a tag team expert. Maybe a, a guy who's been in a tag team for the majority of his career could yeah. be, you know, could very well be let's possibly one. And one of, uh, let's take a break, and I'll see if I can't get somebody on the line that knows a thing or two about that. Okay, I love it. We'll be right back after these messages. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, we are back and we are about to start our top 10 tag teams of all time list. Um, I think you wanted an expert. Okay, here I am, Jimmy. I'll I'll (laughs) my best to... uh, yeah. Give expertise and I'll give you my expert list. That's yeah. So are you going to go first and you're going to take the heat? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the <laughs> and heat. Call me in on this hot tag. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the heat. Um, and these were hard, man. And I really just wrote these down. Honestly, they came to my head like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And I double looked at it and I'm like, okay, I, I made one change and actually the order that I put them in originally, because a lot of of times when we do these lists, I'll write stuff down and then I'll go back and go, that's 10, you know, and write the number beside it. Uh, This I had in order of the way I think it's going to go. I didn't have to reorder it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 What did you take into consideration on some of these things? I try to take longevity, but I also try to take, I don't know, man. Also, I think they're just my top 10 favorite tag teams. I know that sounds lame because it really should be tag teams of all time or anything like that. But I think I ended up just being like, you know what? I love this tag team and I can't take them off here. And, and I, some people are going to be like, dude, there's no way, but I don't really care. You know, <laughs> God forbid somebody give us some correspondence here, but <laughs> this is a very, when we do these top teams, it's very much an opinion show. It's not, it is. Yeah. Uh, what I say is right. Or <laughs> right. And, and a lot of these are my favorites too. And I tried to think about longevity and money drawn and, and, and either heat or how over they were shit like that. So without further ado, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and give you my number 10. Let's do it. Uh, and this is probably, let me look here. This is probably one of the, my actual most like recent tag team because there's, you know, tag team wrestling ain't the same no more. So I'm not going to bullshit you. A lot of my list is older. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure nobody 
that's not a surprise to anyone. <laughs> but uh, so this is my newest one, and it's oh you didn't know. Red Dog and Billy Gunn were a great team together. They they you know complemented each other well. You know where one would lack, the other one picked up. Bop 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 bop. Classic tag team, and and in the era of the attitude era they were perfect man and uh they had a great run and that's my number 10 yeah i mean that's dude if i've kind of thought about the new age outlaws as a bit of a uh, like kind of like if pg-13 on steroids man (laughs) think about it because you take road dog to jamie billy gun to you and again I mean, the dude, I think that comparison is kind of strong, actually, now that I think about it. But, dude, great tag team. Great tag team. Yeah. Man, I mean, when tag teams almost had gone, you know, they had tried to get rid of tag teams in a yeah, sense. WWE FG has never, uh, I don't want to say never, but just like the classic, they look alike tag teams hadn't been there. Forever, you know, right, right. Singular focus, of, but uh, not a lot. Yeah, they made the tag teams something again, you know. And I mean, just I don't know. One of the great tag teams of that era, one of the standouts for sure. And uh, yeah, I can't agree more. They're a great tag team, man, for sure. Okay, so my number ten. This see now, I did go a little current on some things here, and I'll just say it. You know, I've kind of probably missed a few here that you won't agree with, but these are mine, and that's where we're going with it. So, number ten for me, they are now not the Jack and the the old guys, but this is the Briscoes from Ring of Honor. They are Mark and Jay Briscoe. They honestly are a brother. They're a brother tag team to me. They are one of the bright spots of Ring of Honor to me. You know, I know there was Daniel Bryan and those guys there, Samoa Joe's, all those guys. But to me, one of the few bright spots of the latter era of the of the Ring of Honor and, and for the whole time, honestly, with the Briscoes. These guys are the team that I would have loved for PG-13 to have been able to work because I just can't imagine how amazing the promos were. Honestly, you know, you guys would have... I mean, all four of you would be cutting killer promos and it would just be a, a you know, the in it, it would be almost like, well, the in-ring competition would almost be second <laughs> to, to the, you know what I'm saying? Because really, yeah. I mean, they're kind of brawlers and mm-hmm. you guys have your own style and would that even work? I don't know. Probably, oh, but yeah, we make that work. And yeah. plus we, we, we've had our brawls too. I mean, you most did. Of- mountain stuff and all that was nothing but a brawl and you know yeah yeah they're good man and uh cool dudes you know um uh, i'd like to have worked with them yeah and oh, uh, dude that'd be killer but this, i haven't I still to i've seen a little bit of their stuff and i can tell they're good i mean it doesn't take a genius to, to really uh, that knows what they're looking at to go okay yeah they're good yeah and they talk and blah 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 but i'd like to watch more of their stuff honestly uh, yeah yeah, it's great. You would enjoy it. Yeah, that's a good one. And yeah. So my number nine, and right here, I would like for you to insert the singing of the Russian national anthem by <laughs> Volkov. Right here. Oh, okay. <laughs>
My number nine is Nikolai Volkov in the Iron Sheik. Give me hell, yeah! And my reasoning behind this pick is because of the timing of the gimmick, the 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 Iran and the Russian and the you know the real world heat with that and they had heat, man. And you know, I I you know, of course Sheik's super good, super good promos and all that stuff. Never a huge fan of Nikolai. Uh, you know, I don't know why. I just wasn't as a kid and, and right. I have watched his stuff as a wrestler. So I, I and this is gonna sound awful because I'm putting him in my list. <laughs> so I'm not really knocking him, but I just don't know <laughs> how good of a worker he was. But it was all about the gimmick, man. Right. Right. He was probably originally one of those guys that came in for Bruno, I would imagine, right? And that kind that's or maybe Bob Backlund, but anyway, he's a big strong Russian dude. Yeah. You know, on the Russian end of things, I always lean towards the Koloffs versus the Volkov, but yeah. you know, the Sheik made it. I is one of those tag teams that I think was like one of those original Vince McMahon style tag teams where he takes two people and puts them together and they don't have to look alike. But in this case, they fit so well together because of the cold war and iran and and russia and it just really fit and i think they were kind of you know one of the early tag teams was the u.s express with barry windham and mike rotunda and then you know which was the real american tag team before hulk hogan they used that song before hogan anyway not getting off on a tangent there but yeah i i heck man they're in the cartoon right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've always said to Wolfie. I was like, I want to have one guest that's been in the cartoon, <laughs> and maybe it's Hillbilly Jim. I don't know. We're going to have to get somebody, though. <laughs> it's in the cartoon. Because <laughs> it ain't going to be Tito Santana, apparently, right, Tito? Yeah. Anyway. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, great tag team. So my number nine, man, you hit it on the head with number 10, brother. And honestly, like I said earlier, there's not much more to be said about them in the fact that they made tag teams mean something again in the New Age Outlaws. You know, they could be honestly number one because of what they meant to that era of tag teams because, dude, to me, it's just like, it's like hip and hop. It's like rhyme and and flow. It's like they were so perfect together, even though they had, you know, you had the one Armstrong, who's a second generation star that had an awesome wrestling family. Then you had Bart and Billy Gunn, the smoking gun. So, I mean, really the amazing athlete in that one, you know, it just made sense. So anyway, I don't want to really kill that one too much, but the new age outlaws are my number nine. Cool. And obviously we're probably, going to have i feel like there's going to be more duplicates sure. this list uh once we start getting up to the top probably but uh so yeah i mean i've said what i've said about dx so i'm going to move on to yeah. number eight and and this this was hard because i got i got really two right here and i'm just gonna I'm, my number eight's gonna be a tie that's what i'm going with okay uh, no, that's not a tie. That's not a tie. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. This is the only time that I've written this list that I've second guessed what I put down. Um, but I'm not going to second guess myself. Fuck it. I'm going with the sheep herders. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going with the bushwhackers. That's, no, that was a completely, in my mind, different thing. Right. Something different. Right. And they were violent. Again, foreigners were still kind of a thing. 
and you know the the bloody brawls and Memphis stuff and and all that, man. That's that was just good stuff, and I I remember it. So that's yeah. what I'm going with. Great tag team, kind of the guys that you know paid their careers in blood and then got the payoff events to be good guys and to be kind of a joke tag team which anybody that followed the sheep herders i mean i remember sitting there as a kid thinking this tag team was just ripping each other's guts out with other tag teams and then they're here licking kids heads i was like something's not right here i just just actually feared this tag team i thought they were gonna actually kill lod and no they didn't they actually now would job to lod easily you know but they good for them they got their money right they had a good long career with vince i mean nothing wrong with that dude everybody wants that so yeah, and like you said, some of their great Fantastics, the Fabs, all that yeah. great, great tag team. So, and, you know, scary, believable looking dudes. You know, definitely scary, believable looking dudes, and always kind of thought they were brothers, even though I think they said their names. They kind of just have a similar look and everything. Yeah, and worked so well together. Anyway, Hall of Famers, they deserve that all. And you know, obviously, go back and listen to the Luke episode up in the early, early times when we. It was like last Thanksgiving, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, all right. Well, my number eight couldn't be more different than the Sheep Herders, but there's nothing wrong with that. And this is another new tag team. And then you'll start to notice the new wears off and the old comes back. But this is number eight. And I think some people consider them for sure one of the greatest tag teams of all time, even though in their young career, who knows if they've been able to prove that or not, but the number eight is FTR or the revival or however you want to call them. But, you know, this tag team, man, they, they've put the focus back on tag teams and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm a, such a tag team Mark. I mean, having a yeah. brother growing up, we're tag team fans. We love tag teams cause we were tag team and knowing you and, and, and listening to your stories of being tag team partners and, and, you know, just awesome stuff like that. I just love tag teams and FTR to me are the epitome of a eighties or nineties tag team put in the current, you know, okay. I don't like that they split them up so much, put them in singles yeah. matches as much. I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just yeah. do that to fill time or something. But Yeah, probably. Uh, but at the same time, you, I don't like that either. That takes away from the fact that they're tag team specialists. Right. right. But they cut the ring off, dude. They just, they yeah. really, they do double team moves, which I love that all the time. Yeah. You know, I always liked it when the baby faces would do double team stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To yeah. me, it just means so much. But anyway, FTR is my number eight. Great team. And and I don't know that I have, unfortunately, much to put in on this because I've not seen them work. I know you've told me about them. I've heard about them. I've seen their pictures. I know what their deal is so that I know that they are good. But I, I just don't have much to put on that. And I apologize to you and to the listeners because I just, you know me, man, just a lot of the new stuff slips by me. It's all good, man. Totally. Current affairs sponsored by. Uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, but FTR. <laughs> You're like, hold on. No, number. Yeah, number eight though with FTR. I would have also loved to have seen them work PG thirteen. I think that would have been an incredible matchup too, because you know, even though a lot of people think of y'all as brawlers, this y'all could do scientific too, and that's you know. That, that's cool. ways. I mean, we could work uh, a heel brawl, a baby face brawl. Uh, we need to get 
to wrestling as babyface or to wrestling as heels, which yeah, yeah. Feels, I need somebody out there to find this fan cam footage from ECW. There is so many good matches uh, that are on the ECW fan cam from 96, 97 of me and Jamie working with Mikey Whipwreck and Spike Dudley that were just off the chain matches, man. They really were. Yeah, and, we uh, need those for sure. Anyway. FTR can take a hubcap. We guarantee that, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are at my number seven. Yes. And I'm going to go with the, because of the Texas stuff and the three man thing, man, the fabulous Freebirds and, and what they meant to uh, the evolution of 80s wrestling and, you know, the entrance music and Michael P.S. Hayes and how he was and you had Big Gordy and, it's like they filled all the spots. It was like a rock band for real. You had yeah. the, the front man, you had the big guy, and then the technical guy. Uh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I and the shit that they did. I mean, they were selling out against the Von Erics in uh, you know stadiums and shit. Man, it's right. like that shit. You don't understand how over that shit was in Texas, man. I know you do. I just mean. Yeah. That's, pretty, that's pretty impressive, man. And and they led the way, you know, you got to have the dragons in order to have the dragon slayers. And, and the Von Erics were definitely dragon slayers. But without the free birds, you know, maybe they wouldn't have been as, as over. Who knows? You th- you said it perfect, man. The Freebirds were believable dragons, man. Mm-hmm. They could they could go up against the LOD. They would paint their face with the full red and blue stars and bars on their face, and yeah, yeah. you know, dude. And you're right, Buddy was the bumper. You know, you had the heater with Gordy, and you had Michael P.S. Hayes, who everybody wanted to beat but couldn't because he could also go at the same time. Anyway, the Freebirds, man, great choice. Love that team. Also revolutionized, like you said, the the music in that, but also revolutionized the idea of a new version of a tag team in calling the Freebird rule. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is still used to this day, so... Well, my number seven is almost the exact opposite, but great workers in the same regard. And they are the Hart Foundation. Now, this is the original one with Jimmy Hart as the manager. This is the one I'm picturing that I have on this list. Jimmy Hart's the manager. You've got Brett and you've got Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Dude, I love the idea of a scientific map-based worker, you know, with a brute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like a cinder block and a ballerina, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. an anvil could be a hell of a base for somebody that they, if they were high flyers, they were working, okay. you know, anvil was strong, fast, powerful powerhouse. And then you have yeah. Brett who could, you know, probably a little more dynamic of a worker back then versus what he turned into as a, yeah. you know, he was a little more catch as catch can as Jr. would say, whereas yeah. he turned into more map based kind of guy. And again, when we do these uh, lists, man, it's like, you'll say something like, fuck man, I'm really, God, I want to put that one on my list. You know? <laughs> I really forgot. Uh, that was one that just kind of passed by me. Yeah. And- Yes, it's because like Brett's had such a long singles career, and you know right. what I'm saying. Like right. most of the time that I've been in the business, he's been a singles wrestler. And when I was a kid, he was the tag team, and I guess that's kind of why it slipped my mind or something. But yeah, hell yeah, man, Heart Foundation, man, you yeah. can't deny how how good they were and how over they were. And I'm with you, you know, Jimmy Hart with them, and uh, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, man, because I've never really asked you this on the air. Mm-hmm. Did you know either one of those guys while y'all were working up there? 
I I met Brad and I talked to him a few times and of course I've talked to Jimmy Hart before. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall Nightheart being around. It just seems like y'all would have partied with Nightheart. I don't know, man. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I, I, the joint with Brad, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard that he was a a fan. He partook. <laughs> so, but Brad, you know, I just didn't know if Brett was so to himself. You know, he was, but you know, yeah, one of those deals. I think me and Jamie got on the elevator or something and he like either i can't remember he smelled like pot or he, we knew he had something and he's like well now you got to come smoke with me so you can't tell on me so. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome good for y'all <laughs> yeah the hit man so anyway go ahead with your number six there wolfie d all right my number six because i'm gonna do this at some point i am calling an audible at some point and I'm just trying to figure out where I'm putting it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, audible. Yeah. So hard uh, for so yeah. many different reasons. Uh, but I'm going to leave this one. I'm going to leave this one alone again. I'm going with my gut and my first instincts. And I'm going with the fabulous ones. The 80s and the, the shit that they did was just over. I, I lived during it. You know what I'm saying? They were right. over motherfucker and of course you know uh, i was a fan and uh, they they just had the charisma and the a lot of it was fights you know brawls and shit but man they made it work man and it was it was good stuff they drew money and that's that's a that's another reason i said you know is drawing money a reason i'm gonna put these people on here yeah i'm gonna take that into consideration and how over they were not necessarily the longest longevity out of the teams that i've think i've got here but you know they deserve that spot there i think oh totally dude and and to me you know we think so often of the road warriors and the teams that ripped off the road warriors right mm-hmm. you know like the powers of pain i could have easily put them on my top 10 because i love the yeah. powers of pain even though they really didn't have the longevity or quality of match mm-hmm. it's the look for me on those guys but yeah. also you know you have demolition you have doom you had all those type the blade runners all that but then with this team fabulous ones are the road warriors for their own kind of tag teams yeah. you know the rock and roles the fantastics the rockers i mean all those tag teams were the fun loving pretty boys you know what i mean and i know it's passe or it's kind of out of favor to say this now but white meat baby faces man yeah you know that's that's pretty much what it is right that was was the thing that was the formula right the formula is really of what a baby face is has definitely changed definitely definitely but god man and you know stan had a great career with the midnights the you know the heavenly bodies and then his career kind of ended due to injury there but steve dude having him on the show back then and him talking about how you know like well i was doing the skinner and i was still kind of cute so i had to get (laughs) ugly and it's just (laughs) funny man how and then telling the story about how he would drop the number of pictures sold on jerry lawler's floor in his in his in his locker room just to mess with him like yeah oh man he lived the gimmick and you know i'm sure they slayed at the after party too so sure Oh, man. Anyway, well, that one is a perfect one. As much as you are kicking yourself for not having the Heart Foundation on there, I'm kicking myself for not getting the fabs on mine. But again, you know, it's kind of people say, oh, it just came out of me. I was writing this book and it just came out of me. And so that's that's my list. So, you know, so number six for me is honestly, it started with the action figures, the LJN action figures. But 
I really fell in love with this tag team as a kid, so much so that, you know, I feel like in my later years, I kind of neglected on them a little bit because the one guy went solo after, you know, anyway, I'm just saying the British Bulldogs, I think, are one of the greatest tag teams ever, man. Another team I would love to see. I would love to see combinations of all of these guys together on my list, but the Bulldogs and the Heart Foundation, that's like the Midnights and the Rock and Roll, you know? That's, you know, Hogan and Andre are that. I mean, better than that. Those guys are so innovative. Dynamite Kid and Davey Boy Smith, man, so good. I forgot how much I actually really like the British Bulldogs. That's another one, too, where... Uh, I think uh, Davy Boy had been by himself for a while by the time I get in the business. So I just remember Davy Boy doing other things. The British Bulldogs never crossed my mind when I was doing this. And now I'm, that's another kick myself in the ass. It's like, fuck, I love the British Bulldogs. When I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I just didn't think of them. I, sometimes I think, uh, sometimes I am thinking as a kid when we're doing these shows, but then sometimes I'm still thinking as the the veteran here. <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> sure it's yeah, I'm sure it's hard to to decipher and split up. I will give a shout out Gene Jackson at the Cheap Heat TV podcast. I got to give him a shout out. They have an incredible YouTube. So while you're over there clicking subscribing to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast YouTube channel, definitely give Gene and the team over there a like. They have an incredible match on their channel. That's the Bulldogs versus the Rock and Roll Express, and I think it's from mm. All Japan. Mm. Incredible match, man. Really high quality. 30-minute match. It's long as crap, but it's a really wow. good match. And nice. you can imagine those two teams having a great match. So, oh, anyway. yeah. I'm, yeah. I think I'll go subscribe right now. Yeah, go I'll do it. it. <laughs> All right. Well, I say, why don't we do this? Let's give the little break here. You cool with well, that? I'd be right back. I was going to subscribe. You thought I was kidding? Oh, yeah. Good point. After these messages. <laughs> Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors. And we'll be right back with more live and in color with Wolfie D. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're gonna wanna call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Okay, I'm back from subscribing to YouTube channels. Um, <laughs> and I guess, Jimmy, like we usually do, we'll, we'll start with you on this next top five. 
Okay, so I'm going to just say it then. My number five is they were originally known as the tag team from the Four Horsemen, but they really got to focus their shine when they got to the WWF, and that's the Brain Busters, Tully and Arn. I was really fighting myself not to put the Minnesota Wrecking Crew in this spot, but I just thought from my childhood and my enjoyment, really the Anderson's tag team, the peak of that team probably was Gene and Ole, and I just don't know as much about them as I wish I did. I've seen several of their matches, but... To me, Tully and Arn, to me, were were so good, so scientific. Another team that were kind of like the FTR. To me, you know, a lot of people say FTR try to model the Midnight Express. You know, yeah, I see that, but I also see the Brain Busters in them just as much, you know. So, anyway, Tully and Arn, there's not a whole lot you have to say about. You can just say Tully and Arn, and it's a compliment, right? Right, right. And and what's funny is that is my number five. That is my number five. We're we're on the same one right there. <laughs> <laughs> this may be a similar top five then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what else can you say about them? I mean, they were they were that fluid. They were just they were that tag team that, and they were the ones that was you know in WCW. Uh, they were the horsemen as the tag team and the horsemen were the thing and the horsemen drew money. And that was yeah. the tag of the, of the uh, stable, you know, what else yeah. can you say? I, I'll be honest. And I was just, that was how I was then. Uh, I wasn't a big fan when a lot of my guys would go from WCW to WWF at that time. I didn't like the fucking brain buster name. I just, it was like, it wasn't the same to me. Uh, they weren't the horsemen there. Right. No, you're exactly right. And that's that's a good point. I guess I use that in place of just saying Tully and Arn, but you're right. They I mean they won the tag titles, but they probably were more, you know, the WWE is just gonna when you get there, you know it as well as anybody. They are going to size you up against their biggest teams and then they'll see what you're worth. And I mean they never really gave PG-13 a chance, as we know, but with the Brain Busters, to me, I guess they gave them the tag titles, and y'all would have been stoked about that. But, you know, at the same time, it didn't yeah. feel like the same tag team. Even though they were great, didn't feel like the same tag team. So. Right. I even was, like, the first time Flair went, I was just kind of like, oh. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, totally. Yeah, we didn't have a clue what was going on in the back scenes of things and how Jim Hurd was a total asshole. But to me, Ric Flair was WCW or NWA or Jim Crockett and Hogan. And I loved the differences in them. You know, it was like a cartoon versus a a godfather or Scarface, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely two different kinds of things, but you know we could even do a whole show about the why that Ric Flair and Hogan never made it till they came together later on. Mm. But but at the same time, it was probably something similar to what Jake said about them not working out, where Jake said you know he got over and and you know Hogan didn't or whatever. But long story short, <laughs> yeah, I agree. But to me, Tully and Arn definitely truly are that that one so anyway my number four since your number five was the same and i don't want to stop you if you were gonna say no i was just gonna say yeah i think you you rolled doubles on that one so you got it's your turn again (laughs) i know i know you're right so number four (laughs) and everybody that listens to this podcast must just think that i am the biggest complete kiss ass in the world (laughs) 
because invariably on every podcast list we do, I somehow, they're just like, oh, he's just doing that because Wolfie's there. He's just doing that because Wolfie's on his, he's got his podcast. with. Anyway, my number four, <laughs> it's the boys from the hood, the P to the G. So anyway, I mean, y'all are number four because I couldn't put you in the top three because I don't even think y'all would put you in the top three. But... Probably. I'm going to put myself in the top 10. <laughs> yeah, well, you are. Out of you humbleness, and you know what I'm saying? Of course, dude. I mean, there are a million tag teams, but to me, dude, I just... I want there to be a PG-13 renaissance. And I think people need to really dig in deep and go back to some of these matches, man, because I feel like y'all fit in with all of these teams, even though some of them are monsters and other tag teams are totally mat workers and have not as much charisma or that kind of thing. But I don't know. I think y'all easily fit in the top 10. You know, some lists I saw y'all in the top 25, some in the top 50. But at the same time, I think you are easily in the top 10. And number four is PG-13 for me. So, gracias, you kiss ass son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally joking. I let me let me say this without saying I deserve to be in the top ten. I don't know. I don't know what I do. Or not. That's up to you. That's up to the people that listen. I know in my mind what I think, and I just out of humbleness, I keep that to myself. Sure. I, I probably tell you where I ranked. If you know, and were we better than this team? Were we better than that team? Some I would say yes, some I would say no. Uh, but I will tell you this. I know it don't mean shit, really, in the grand, like, business-wise, it doesn't mean shit. But if you go back to some of the, you know, before the internet, the pro wrestling illustrateds and the uh, the insider and ringside and all these wrestling magazines that had, you know, you'd open up. And I used to love looking at it. And that middle page in PWI where you had all the companies, the champion, the top 10, you had, and then you had the top 10 wrestlers out of everybody, all the yeah. territories, all the organizations. Then you had the top 10 tag teams. Yeah. A very large number of times the PG-13 appears in the top 10 out of everybody. Right. I know right. that that is a fictional book, but it's also dependent on what's going on, and it's in the narrative of, of wrestling. I mean, right. it just, and, it, and it actually, in a way, does kind of mean something. It uh, does. So being that a lot of times is, is super humbling. And um, I just think it it says, you know, hey, these guys are good enough to be up here. They they and it also had to do with the fact that we were the champions so much in USWA and the magazines gave that credibility. So I, I don't know really what else to say. I think we were a good tag team. <laughs> definitely, definitely a good tag team. And if you ask tag teams that are critically acclaimed to this day. You know, a lot of people talk about how great the Motor City Machine Guns are. They're one of the better tag teams with the Briscoes and FTR. You know, some people would ask them, well, guess who influenced the Motor City Machine Guns? PG-13. So, again, I'm just saying that, you know, people can take it for what it is, sucking up, whatever, but I'll have an argument every day for PG-13 being in the top 10. Heck, I've got them in the top five, so yeah, that. <laughs> so, yeah, man, what's your number four, brother? So, on to my number four would be PG-13's nemesis, the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, and yeah. The reason I put Rock and Roll there, they're still going. They're Hall of Famers, obviously. Uh, 
great workers, you know, have slowed down, but they're still going. It's kind of like the Ric Flair t- thing, you know. They're like the Ric Flair tag team right now, right? You got the last tour and all this kind of stuff. But man, Ricky and Robert, man, they did it. Man, they did a lot of shit, drew a lot of money for a long time. Long and, time, you know. Yeah. Somehow remained friends through it all. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's impressive, right? I mean, I, I don't know that they ride together every time. No, no, no. <laughs> but they figured out that happy place, right? Yeah. You know, you think like they've had their ups and downs personally, but sure. You know, they, sure. They made it through it. That's that's <laughs> G.I. Joe. Learning is half the battle. Is that exactly hey, that's it? That's <laughs> it, dude. And if you think about it, they learned a way to become even to maintain that tag team by not riding together, maybe not staying together. Maybe Ricky had to bring his wife along or his son along. Maybe Robert was a guy that rode solo, maybe whatever. But oh, Ricky had a car load sometimes now. Yeah, he had a car load. Yeah, look like, like uh. Circus clowns getting out of that little car. <laughs> he just kept coming. <laughs> I just remember a buddy of mine. He was going to book them, okay? And he said, well, I can get Ricky for this, okay? And it was a exceptionally low amount to get Ricky Morton. And he said, I can get Robert for this. <laughs> he said, I put that together. That's a pretty good deal. And I said, okay. And he calls him up and he's like, yeah, da, da, da. and he's like, man, they came back to me with this crazy four digit number, like talking all this, and this, I was like, dude, you're not getting them solo. <laughs> right. That's a different price bracket than them together, bro. Are you kidding right. me? So yeah. anyway, I just had to throw that story in there because I, I, there's gotta be value in the complete package. As you know, with yes. PG-13 and, and all that. I mean, yeah. hopefully y- everybody will be seeing y'all soon in 2023. I think PG-13 is going to be PG-23. <laughs> yeah. So, There's a few of them lined up right now. Not, not, not a ton, but it'll, it should get going. It'll get going, yeah. And, hey, vendors and convention owners and all that good stuff, holler at the boys. This is time right now. So, anyway. Yeah. So, number three. <sighs> Man, these top three to me, you could literally throw them in a blender and let them come out any way they want because I would be happy with one. But I'm only doing this because as a kid, I hated them, but I grew to love them and respect them more than almost any tag team there was. But the Midnight Express and specifically Bobby and Stan, although I did love Bobby and Dennis, I did. But at the same time, it felt like a a well-oiled machine when you had Bobby and Stan together, man. Uh, I'm in in agreement with that duo and Cornette and just the whole shebang there. You had Dude, with Big Bubba in their corner, all that. It was just such a good crew. And you're right. Cornette is equally a member of that team because when I first was getting in the business, I wanted to be a manager. And I was like, I just want to be a manager. Kenny still, he's like, no, let's train. You're 24. Let's train you to wrestle. You can do that. I'm like, no, I don't want to wrestle. And he's like, well, okay, let's be a referee. And I said, okay, I don't want to be a referee. I want to be a manager. And he's like, yeah, but a manager really don't mean anything, you know? And I I learned that now. I mean, not to say that they don't, but you know what I'm saying? In the grand scheme of things, you know, a lot of managers suck heat away from their guide. Do they not? Yeah. And the guy doesn't know how to use his manager correctly, or if the manager just doesn't know how to work correctly. Right. Uh, 
Exactly. It can still be done, but yeah, the manager thing in general is just not what it used to be. Um, is that because of the lack of talent? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. But you know, with Jim Cornette and Bobby Heenan and those guys, they and Father Jim, they magnified the heat. Okay. So yes, the heat was coming to them too, but they magnified the heat on their guys. And did, here's the thing: they didn't just walk to the ring with a wrestler. Right. They, managed the wrestler that's where that you know supposedly you know back in the day this person actually managed this person's career you know? flight. gary hart paul ellering jim cornett like mitchell or cornett they had a crew of guys they managed so that made them like a hot shot agent i guess is what you could would compare it to now right totally so, Totally. There's there's the 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 thing. Maybe they should start calling them agents, <laughs> and maybe <laughs> and have them be real agents. I don't. Yeah, know. dude. I mean, that's a legitimate thing because but manager. Yeah, you know, yeah. Without the Midnight Express, who let's don't get too far off of that's that was your pick. Would without the Midnight Express, would Jim Cornette be? the Jim Cornette that we know today, love him, hate him, whatever your opinion of his uh, shit is, doesn't matter. Would he still be this relevant and this uh, passionate about the rest of the business and still be in it or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Would he be the Jim Cornette we know without the Midnight Express? I want to say no, but I also feel like that guy is so smart and talented. I feel like he would have scraped his way into something, but I still think no, he would not. Yeah, I I agree with that. And that is not a knock. That's just saying that that was the point where Jim Cornette turned into Jim Cornette, you know? Yes. And that's why I think he feels like a brother to those guys, you know, you know. Because I feel like, you know, those they, they were kind of like the free birds in a sense, except you didn't, you know, Jim wasn't in the ring, but oh, Jim fucking 20, 30 feet above it falling on the tailbone. <laughs> I know, because Big Bubba didn't catch him. And I'm just sorry, Ray Trailer should be a hell of a catch, man. All I'm saying. But, you know, I've tried to catch big bastards, and I've told that story before, and then they expected me to catch him, and then he bumps his widow knee on the outside floor or something, and he jumps on me about it. But anyway, 400-pound dude flying at me. I'm sorry. (laughs) But anyway, long story short on that. Jim Cornette would still have eked out a living. He would have probably just been more backstage, honestly. I don't know, but to me – you know, the midnights allowed him to be him and it just was so perfect. And it just worked. Like you said, your number four team was the rock and roll. If they didn't have the rock and roll, I mean, just the battle of the expresses. Oh my God. It was just such a perfect time. You know, anyway, go ahead. Okay. So what are we at? Number three? Yes. Okay. So my number three is going to be for the amount of heat that they had, another uh, foreign gimmick. I'm going with Ivan, Uncle Ivan, and Nikita, the Kolos. Uh, we know what great matches they had. They were just, you know, war games t- era, all that shit, man. And and I had to throw that type of heel tag team in here, man. Just they were, again, I'm almost repeating myself from Nikolai in that, but the Kolos, the Russian thing was still a, a thing that people didn't like. Yeah, dude, I I love that pick. And I again, this is one that I'm kicking myself on there. But, you know, 
Nikita and Ivan, if you look at it from the perspective of Ivan kind of helped create something there with Nikita because, yeah, you know, Nikita, I think I heard him talking. He was like, do you want to just be Scott Simpson from Minnesota with a regular look? And I mean, he theoretically could have been a, you know, a road warrior style worker, I'm sure. But shaving his head, becoming Nikita Koloff, the dude even changed his legal name. Yeah. And, and I was, man, honestly, as a kid, I was, uh, I can't remember how old I was when I first heard his voice that he really didn't talk like right. right. I was like, what? <laughs> I shot the, uh, he doesn't That's talk awesome. like, did you ever know anybody that did? Hoodwinked. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever know anybody that didn't leave their gimmick in the dorky way kind of though? <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't take that wrong. I mean, like some guys like the road warriors animal. I heard a conversation with him before and he said, you know, it's kind of annoying that he would never come out of that gimmick, even with us who had known him as oh. long as we had. Did you ever know anybody that didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause like there's guys like, you know, maybe Teddy Hart, <laughs> but there's guys yeah, that live the gimmick. I have, and not to maybe the extent to that, of that d- drastic of a voice change or something, but Always in gimmick working, you know, just little silly shit that people would do. You knew what and like the real personality, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because I just can't imagine how funny that would seem. And it's like you would never think of that in Nikita then. But if you were his peer who was around the same age, you would probably be like, okay, dude, he's getting old. (laughs) I mean, one good example is Jamie. I mean, but that is him. You would think that that personality on TV or even the personality that you see uh, on a a podcast or uh, on YouTube or at the gimmick table, even he's a hundred miles an hour. And you would think this dude's got to slow down when he goes home. He probably, ch- you know, Nope. Nope. No chill. <laughs> <laughs> Zero <laughs> chill. <laughs> he's wide open all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's kind of the ultimate live in the gimmick, you know, like Ric Flair, Jamie Dundee, those guys yeah. live the gimmick 24 seven. But yeah, I don't know, man, it would, it would seem right, kind of so- corny to me. So number two, now. you're number two. Yeah. So my number two, and this is uh, going off soul. Oh, this is a, such an unpopular pick here because it's number two. But my number two, I'm just going to say it. I mean, you got a leap, right? It's like the high dive at the yeah. little swimming hole. Okay. The Road Warriors are number two for me. Uh, yeah, man. I I came to them secondarily because of me liking another set of team or people and the road warriors to me easily could be number one. I love this tag team. They were just a force to be reckoned with. I think maybe, you know, they're bruising bruiser style and they still had, they were still great. I mean, they still had great move sets. They did their gimmicks so well. They, I just feel like almost the invulnerability of them gave them number two to me. Had they been a little more well-rounded of a worker, mm-hmm. and it's so, it's so shitty to say, I don't even know how to say, you what know, you're yeah. totally what you're, so I mean, yeah, they were, they were a gimmick that no one had ever seen before. Right. You know? Two yeah. guys that were the perfect two to pull it off. Uh, Hawks fucking interviews were like nothing you had heard before. Exactly. And it was just, and then the, the Paul Ellering, 
You know, yeah. Paul Ellering, I think, was a huge factor for them uh, with the just, you know, they're all wild and crazy. And he's the fucking Lex Luthor over there. Totally. Uh, yeah. He's called shots, man, with the newspaper rolled up. And I know, he, man, uh, yeah. that was just really cool the way they had that. I say like a like a Lex Luthor. I think that might be the best uh, analogy I can think of, or 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 the, the X Men's guy in the wheelchair, uh, whatever his name. Is. I love that. Yeah, I love the Lex Luthor. I love the Professor X gimmick too. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea both ways. Cerebral manager all the way around. You said like and an agent. You know, so. doing he was controlling two giant supervillains. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, that, that's it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the baddest of the, the road bad. Of you know, they once they were over, they were over. But uh, the Road Warrior pop, all that stuff. But you know, their WWF stuff. I, I would like to forget most of it. But it's yeah, got to when I got to work with them. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say that one night on Raw, though. Not forget that. <laughs> yeah. So how was it wrestling them? I know you didn't really get like a good run with them, but how did it like, were they super snug? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Not so bad, man. I mean, yeah. it was there and fuck their big dudes. Man. Right. <laughs> right. Nothing I wasn't used to and nothing that pissed me off or, you know, yeah. and they, they worked with us. You saw that. I mean, oh, yeah. they could just beat us down, not give us nothing, but they, they wanted to give us a little bit because they liked us and they, they kind of understood where we were coming from of, you know, going to walk out that night. I think that even like kind of said, damn, these kids got balls. You know what I'm saying? It may have elevated them because honestly, dude, they would have done that. They would have believed totally in you all standing up for your principles, dude. They, that was them. They, you know, so so much like that. A lot of people say they were the Hogan tag team, but in a lot of ways, I feel like they were the Bruiser Brody tag team. They just unfortunately, you know, were a tag team and didn't get murdered in Puerto Rico. Yeah. But what I mean by that is they didn't put up with no shit, man. Yeah. So. They let us get what little, you know, like I said, they didn't have to give us nothing. Right. And they could have just, and, and I don't think, to be honest with you, they probably were told just to kill us. Yeah, and I think that might have been their audible because the the shit that we did, other than Jamie doing his karate and shit, you know, that was Jamie saying, "Let me get my karate in, at least." <laughs> and Close line, was awesome. whatever. Yeah, and, uh, and I I even told him I called the double backdrop because I said I can get to the moon with you two if you'll just you know push on my knees. Yeah, and, uh, I did, and and you know then then Hawk was like, "Hey, give me the pile driver, the spike pile driver. I'll no sell it and blah, blah, whatever." So they were giving us a little bit, and I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but anyway, that's a that's a good pick. Do you like giving the pile driver? Did I like it? Yeah. Do you like I, that? I, Is that a oh, move you normally do? No. No, I, I don't think my pile driver is that great. I really don't like it, so I didn't use it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just curious because that was kind of one of his spots is no selling yeah. a pile driver, you know. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, I just, I've never been a pile driver guy, especially in Memphis. You don't do the pile driver, right? <laughs> yeah, know? that's a sacred spot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, Go ahead with your number two, brother. So my number two is going to be the Steiner brothers, and oh, again, we're talking yeah. about WCW Steiner brothers, right? Uh, had some innovative moves, uh, especially coming out of uh, Scotty. And we're not talking about Big Papa Pump. We're talking about you know the Steiner brothers with the with the Co- Michigan 
coats and all that. Yes, shit. love that tag not team. <laughs> right, not the varsity club. This is totally the Steiners. And yeah. then when they would wear the you know multicolored gimmick, the you singlet. know singlets that were just so outlandish and crazy, they but they also worked, and they always just seemed like just such a couple of badasses too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> They were tough. They could wrestle. You knew they could wrestle because they did it in college. You know, right, they right. Had that, and then they're bulldogging motherfuckers off the top rope, off the shoulders, and you know, of course Scott with the with the Frankensteiner. And, you know. What was that move that Scott would do where he would he didn't do it all the time, but he would have somebody in a, a body slam, okay, like holding them up, and there, and, and then he did a front flip. And he would like land on his back of his neck almost, but it he just is a backflip, wasn't it? That may be what it was. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> on his head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would land on his head. It always looked horrible, but honestly, it. I don't know. I think it was just he would get over. He would he would rotate enough where it looked good. But then it was sometimes it looked like it hurt him. Yeah, it did, man. Right. And that that was impressive too. Holding somebody, you know, yeah. and, big guys too. Wasn't but yeah. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, not little guys. And, you know, of course, the Frankensteiner dude. I mean, it bugs me that people call it a Hurricane Rana because, or yeah. as as Ricky Morton says, a Hurricane Rana. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a Frankensteiner. Come on. Yes, know? Frankensteiner. And to me, see what Ricky used to do the whole run up, sit up for a second, then go. Right. It, different move to me it is because it's like a delay it's like he's bringing you over with his legs rather than the momentum did that move i don't know where he got that from if he's the first person to ever do it but that was the first person i ever saw do it and it was super impressive so definitely definitely. yeah coming from his size too oh bro that size and you know it's funny my brother and i were talking about this the other day on the give me back my pro wrestling podcast also available anyway <laughs> sorry that was a christmas plug anyway these steiners were both similar size similar build but who did you always think of as the powerhouse growing up rick yeah dude exactly but didn't scott i mean if you look at them they're the same size if not maybe scott being a little bigger you know you just always felt like and i can tell you uh from from wrestling rick uh He's and I think I've told you this before talking about something, but man, when when you can, he just one of them dudes when he grabs you, you can feel his strengths. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Not yeah. that he's really hurting you or anything. You just know if this motherfucker wants to fucking throw me over the top rope, he can. Yeah. Yeah. He can do it. No problem. It's kind of like when Kamala was talking about wrestling Andre the Giant. He said, he got animal strength. Anyway. <laughs> That's <laughs> but a good person. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. But yeah, Rick, to me, you know, I always love the kind of half crazy, you know, weird gimmick that he would do the two different boots. You know, I always liked that a little bit, especially when Kevin Sullivan would kind of beat on him and stuff. But yeah, he came into his own with his brother as the Steiners and then did go to the WWF. And I don't think Vince should have made the mega stars, man. Yeah. You know, everything on paper, you know, they're, they're the funny thing is, is, you know, they're 
at the time, I remember thinking, man, those promos suck. They're just not good at promos. <laughs> but actually, that became kind of charming about them in a weird way. Like, it became something that was actually good about them. Like, anyway, you know, you got to do this, brother. And uh, you don't say, come grab yourself. And, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and then Scott, of course, I can never imitate Scott. Scott's got his totally other thing where he's <laughs> doing math and stuff. And, you know, but those guys just got that great Michigan accent with that awesome college background and they just kill it man great tag team definitely definitely should be a top 10 so all right so my number one and this one was tough but it's a no-brainer to me and I got to do a few things with this guy met him several times I was ultimately a Ricky Morton fan but ultimately I was the Rock and Roll Express man and that's my number one tag team yeah number one Number one, yeah, bro, because I just feel like to me that was they they made me a wrestling fan. So really? I get your angle. I, I see why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was a kid, and I was a total babyface fan. Of course, like we all were. You know, you get older, and that was the one babyface tag team that I always cheered for. Even though I got into the heel mode and only liked heels, and you know that kind of thing, and then loved Ric Flair, but I never stopped. Loving the rock and roll. I used to want to be Ricky. I used to call myself Ricky Morton. <laughs> I don't think I would do the same things now, but hey, you know, we got to interview him on the podcast. I've got to manage against Ricky. I actually got called a Mark because of it. And I, I was like, we're all Marks. We're at Porter. We're at Mike Porter's. Ain't one of us getting paid. You're telling me you're not a Mark? <laughs> I mean, is that it's it's a picture of a mark, right? I mean, that's a bit of a mark there. <laughs> if you're in the <laughs> ring wrestling 20 minutes and you're not getting paid, you're a mark. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, and I said it. I'm like, yes, I'm a mark. And Charming Charles was like, well, if you believe, you know, Charles didn't call me a mark. It was a guy who is a total mark called me a mark. And he said, he said, well, if it's that, if it means that much to you, Jimmy, go ahead. The problem was, is I was coming out twice already. So I actually dropped off one of those matches that probably needed me. Uh, (laughs) but anyway i didn't care dude because i took my shot man and i wanted to manage against ricky morton and it all it's it's not a big deal we can you can call me a mark later but anyway long story short the rock and roll express my brother was brown hair i was blonde we loved the baby face tag teams it just made sense and always been a fan and will always be a fan of the rock and roll express yeah all right my number one tag team on this greatest tag teams list is going to be the Midnight Express. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do you remember the music? Dude, Giorgio Moroder, The Chase. Yeah. Me and, me and my buddy used to do, like, uh, we love that. Uh, they had the, it's the total package there. Uh, two great workers in the ring that worked well together. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cornette on the outside, who knew exactly what he was fucking doing as far as in ring, very, uh, I guess, as a comedian, they call it. Uh, what is it? Physical comedy? Physical comedy, yeah. 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 It, it's Slapstick. Slapstick. Yeah. He's he's took he took good goofy bumps. 
uh, and and lots of them. So you had that total package right there. Yeah. Uh, everything from interview to moves to innovation. Yeah. Uh, and I know the, you already had them on your list. Right. If you remember um, when I was talking earlier about the like the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you'd see the top 10 rankings, right? One through 10. Right. And then at the top, it would have champion, right? Yeah. 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 Well, my champion greatest tag team of all time is the Road Warriors. So uh, that's my audible that I was calling. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'll allow it. <laughs> I was just laughing there, Jimmy. That was spur of the moment audible because I had to, when you mentioned the Coloss, that was one I did not have on my list and I was not willing to take anyone off for them, but right. I knew I could put them in there. So that's why it's my show. And I say, <laughs> I'll do. we can do a top 10 with a champion on our list now. So we yes. can have 11. We can have 11 now. <laughs> 11 teams. Okay, well, I'm moving PG-13 to that <laughs> spot. And then number four, how about Dennis and Bobby and then Stan and Bobby? Anyway, I'm not going back on mine, but I love all that. And, yes, I'm totally with it. And you're right. It is your show. So what can we say? We can make a top 11 next time if you want. But, yeah, dude. Dude, I mean, the Midnight's in the Road Warriors, dude. Yeah. Hey, to speak on the Road Warriors, I mean, I've said enough about them on all these shows, man, probably. But, yeah, man, dude, they redefined everything, man. They redefined everything as far as tag team wrestling, in my opinion, man. They Absolutely. Yeah. And this, they, it, was, it was perfect, man. It was fucking perfect. It lasted uh unfortunately you know they both have passed a lot sooner than i'm sure most of us well, can you imagine if they were still doing conventions together Holy oh bro shit. oh bro they're lying I mean, out the fucking door at every one of them oh bro i just i do think about that a lot you know like what if bruiser brody would have lived what if hawk and animal were still alive i mean honestly they Oh man, it's so sad to think about. I remember when Hawk hearing Hawk died, and I was just like, "Oh man, that is yeah. the end of something amazing." That's uh, it's like Ronnie Van Zant dying in the airplane. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's that's a legendary person that is no longer on this earth. Yeah, you know what, man? As a kid, like not really uh wrestlers I, I don't know that i was actually into wrestling about this time period i'm gonna say <laughs> but sure. it was so, i was so i was such a mark for kiss that i was afraid one of them was gonna die yeah yeah <laughs> I, I thought about that sometimes like man i feel like one of these days you know plane crash or something who knows what made me think that but i was always like I hope no one of kids don't die ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. And now so, they would just so good, replace them. <laughs> yeah. It's good that they didn't. I mean, even Ace, who probably came close several times, is oh, still yeah. alive. You know, right. I don't know that I ever thought that directly about a band, but I, I'm sure I, I love things that much that you would definitely not want to die. Hey, man, I just remember, you know, when you heard about people like Bruiser Brody, and I'm bringing him up a lot, but the thing is, is it put a reality spin on something that, you know, you're like, man, you know, they these guys, they can never die. And then they die. And then somebody kills them. And it was just this tragedy. And then the Von Erichs die and stuff. And, you know, it put a tragic spin on things. But, dude, to me, the Road Warriors were that tag team that would never be gone. And then when Hulk died, I mean, it was like 46 or something. Yeah. I mean, 
it would like seriously that to me is because <laughs> i i don't know how close you were to like because he died in 2003 at 46 and he had just been moving he, i think he had met a new woman and he moved into a new place and he had moved into a bunch of boxes and he didn't feel great he went and laid down and you know boom yeah that was it but god i mean it was right after man that they came into tna wasn't it yeah they came into tna and cleared shop and they, yeah, yeah i would yeah. took the bump from him again and yeah. a couple think <laughs> yeah yeah and didn't they get they kind of went through their own thing to where they didn't like each other for a little bit i know hawk went to japan and yeah you know it was something to the effect that hawk was kind of unreliable and animal was the reliable one i think you probably understand that situation a little bit anyway <laughs> but, but, but yeah they just yeah. animal kind of was you know all business and hawk right. sometimes just didn't give a shit you know yeah and hey I think, you know, that's kind of a, a picture of a lot of guys, you know, sometimes it's just like, screw this, man. So, but, you know, I just know this, that you're right. If the Road Warriors were alive today, they would be killing it at conventions. You oh, know? it would be insane. Wiping the floor. I've seen some big lines in some of these for certain people, but there's, I promise you, if, if those two were alive today and did like WrestleCade or any of that, it would be absolute insanity to get a, a shot with them uh, yeah anyway yeah. but it's been a good show man we yeah i agree brother i agree so with these top tens man yeah we do and I, I have a lot of fun with them and you know we talked mostly older teams but you know to bring things into the current i'm trying to figure out a segue here wolfie d <laughs> what is that one thing to, oh go ahead current affairs <laughs> okay <laughs> DJ hit the music It's a current affair It's a current affair Love it in color It's a current affair Love it in color All right we're back with current affairs and this honestly is a is a you know interesting few current affairs here the number one is you know, right now the Wall Street Journal recently reported that Vince McMahon is eyeing a comeback saying he intends to return to the WWE that he got some bad advice from people close to him to step down and believes allegations would have blown over eventually had he stayed now the big issue is is WWE has kind of become cool again. Triple H has hired a lot of people back that he didn't want to be gone, and it kind of made a few amends on people that he can make amends on, and Vince had kind of, I don't know, a lot of people felt just Vince was super out of touch with the product, and Triple H had a great, you know, spin on everything, and now, now Vince, who still is the number one owner of the company as far as stock goes you know he's talking about coming back what do you think about that man i think there's your storyline yeah vince comes in as a he, he was the one of the biggest heels in the history of the company he comes in as mr mcmahon again taking his shit back against right. hunter his fucking snot-nosed bratty ass son-in-law and uh they work an angle there dude really <laughs> that's, that's it me. brother I'm yeah I did see something about him making a comeback, but you told me more about it than I had known. 
And that was just my reaction. <laughs> my dark reaction right there. I love that, actually. And if everybody would take it from that perspective, maybe they wouldn't fall to pieces about this. Because I think what people are saying is like, well, this new stepdad's been really cool, man. He get, yeah, bought yeah. me a toy after work every day. and He's <laughs> doing all this stuff. But I don't want to go back to dad. I, I like the stepdad, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, right. and that's a kind of a weird spin on it. But what I mean by that is, you know, Triple H is currently doing his picture. You know, Vincent relieved a lot of people of work. He brought back his buddy. You know, he's got Shawn Michaels running at you know, NXT. He's got his buddy, our buddy, Road Dog, your friend, longtime friend, Road Dog on the team again. Mm-hmm. He just, he's probably going to sign William Regal back. Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt brought all these people back. And if Vince comes back, what does that do to that? I, I hope, you know, since that it is a, Exactly what you're talking about. It's a storyline, and they use it. I hope that's the case, because that's going to put fans in an uproar, dude, because they're just so happy. And it's almost turned the tide, because now AEW is seen as kind of lame, you know? Yeah. And and I know our listeners are probably like, what are you talking about, man? AEW's (laughs) never lame. But we thank y'all for listening. Long story short, I think you got it right there. Storyline time. So my number two... This one's unfortunate, but the Matt Riddle, he was former UFC guy, trained a little bit in the business by Blue Meanie, that kind of thing. Pretty prominent character there for a while. Essentially, he's now out for rehab, and what they're saying is that it was possibly cocaine, MDMA, allegedly, these kind of things, because you know he's a big... Yeah, he's a big smoker, so they don't test for pot anymore, but he he was forced to go to rehab. That's why he was abruptly written off TV. Mm. A lot of people thought it was an injury or something like that, but long story short, man, you know, I know we bring up rehab, and you end up saying, yeah, man, I know how it is and stuff, and I hate to even bring up the rehab stories, but Mm -hmm. it is one of the bigger current affairs right now, so I hope you can get it right. That's for him. I mean, if that's – because, man, yeah, like there's – Smoking weed, whatever. That's why they took it off of there. But the most of everything else, man, <laughs> grab you by the balls, man. Especially it will. Shit, man. Uh, alcohol yeah. will grab you by the balls and, yeah. and make you do things that you normally wouldn't. That's where pot will make you put off things that you normally wouldn't. <laughs> or something like that. But uh, that's about it. You know. So yeah, yeah. I it, best. It, uh, evidently, I mean. To, he, he, you don't want to go in there and lose a good spot. And I, I know that from experience. So. Yeah. But hopefully you can come out and get back in line of things. And, you know, hopefully they don't do it the old school way where they push him all the way down the car. But he might. But that's okay. He's young. He'll work it out. It'll be yeah. fine. But anyway, Matt Riddle, we hope the best for you, brother. Just come out clean and you'll be good. So number three, current affair, not to waste any time. This one is interesting. Basically, the most recent pay-per-view or one of the more recent was a Survivor Series where they, instead of teams of five, strive to stay alive or whatever, mm-hmm. they did a War Games as their mm-hmm. main event. And it appears that in the match, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns both received ruptured eardrums, man. Mm. Yikes. Have that has that ever happened to you, ruptured eardrums? Uh no. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely remember that. No. Yeah. I, I've, been, yeah. I've been hit real hard in the ear where it rings, but I don't think busting no eardrum. Man, it's crazy. How yeah. I think Roman actually got one from a slap that he apparently didn't approve or something that Kevin Owens laid on him mm. and it it was pretty stiff and I think they got heated exchange in the back about it but apparently that was where he got his ear 
rupture, but it's just odd that that happens to two different guys. And the same match. Yeah. Tells yeah. you maybe what's the work rate style right now with some guys, you know, but hopefully, hopefully they get back together. But I'm just checking to see if you ever had a ruptured eardrum before. Yeah, I mean, if you can't, uh, I'm not saying accidents don't happen, but if you, if you can't throw a slap without busting somebody's eardrum, you might want to remove that move from your repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, seriously. Or you, you know, go train on that a little more, <laughs> go, you know. Go around yeah. smacking hoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, folks. Yeah. Smack a hoe. Smack a hoe from the Smack a hoe tribe. Never been. All right. Well, that, yeah, man, that's pretty much it for current affairs. I know there's a couple other things, bits and bots out there, but as it goes right now, no need to beat a dead horse. Right now, we just hope that Vince McMahon's deal is a storyline. And, you know, we hope y'all enjoyed this show today, the top 10 tag teams. I want to say once again, very Merry Christmas from us to you once again. Pro Wrestling Tees, you know, support the fellas here. And hopefully everybody buys themselves a a nice PG-13 t-shirt or something fun like that. But, you know, other than that, man, Wolfie D, I want you to have a Merry Christmas, brother. I hope you do too, man. Um, You know, like we said earlier, these holidays can be stressful, but yeah. Everybody does enjoy themselves and take it in for what it is because you never know if you'll see the next one. So that's why sometimes I I get off on these tangents like I did earlier about how things change and stuff. But I just like to see people uh, just just love one another. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. That's the way it is. Just love each other. You know, ain't none of us perfect. Just love. No, and just love each other and, and be available to be loved. You know, let let somebody love you too. That's the other thing. You know, sometimes the, the golden you know, rule has vanished, bro. The do unto others as you can do unto you. I, I see. You know, there was something, and I hate to be you know negative here, but it, let's keep it real. I'm watching this thing where in New York, this guy with a ball bat. Whops this fucking dude in the fucking back of the head. As I mean, he's standing there, kayfabing. The guy walks past him, minding his own fucking business, and this dude fucking pulls out a bat out of his pants and whacks him across the head. He was out of jail, posted bond, and already back on the streets, man. And this dude's in ICU. You know what I'm saying? Totally. I bet that dude wouldn't want someone to do that to him. And that was just my point of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you bust somebody in the head with a fucking bat, maybe you need to have one busted across your head too and not be let out of jail because uh, I guess New yeah. York is criminal free or whatever, crime free or however that goes with the, they don't care if you, whatever the fuck you do up there. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was an extra anyway. current affair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So- Seriously, on a positive note, man, thank you guys for listening to the top 10 tag teams. And we really hope all of you have a very Merry Christmas and uh, tune in to us next week to see what we got for you. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling!
every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast, you have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving in color. Rum rush your mother, utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while and you thought I was free. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over on board later. Not here to play games, so you better be real. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You set a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.